Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Dear Founder. I am your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. And for those of you who are new around here or maybe tuning in for the first time, I've been building brands for nearly 25 years. And I started my own company back in 2010 with a $500 investment. I grew that business to reach 3 million users per month across multiple platforms and generate seven figures of revenue for six years straight. I grew this business through partnerships with Target, Nordstrom, The Honest Company, and hundreds of other brands. And that was before I led my company's acquisition to a large agency holding company in 2019. Two years later in 2021, I exited that company with one goal, and that was to support other female founders and businesswomen through their own entrepreneurship journeys. And yesterday, I opened up the box to a topic I very rarely talk about and very rarely talk about in the way that I did yesterday. And that is the sale of my company. If you listen to yesterday's episode, you will know, and I'm going to just recap really quickly for you here, that the reason that part of the reason that I shared this topic yesterday and this week and right now is because one, I want to change the way female founders and founders in general are talking about business and success. And it's really time that we all start being a little bit more transparent about what we have going on, what we don't have going on, and how we got to where it is that we that we are. And um, this is a story I've wanted to share for a long time. It took me a long time to get to where I needed to be to share it. But also, there's a lot I can't share, and that is due to a lot of contractual obligations that are outside of my control for a little bit for a little bit more time. But part of why I shared what I shared yesterday, and if you haven't listened to the episode and you want to hear the full story, I would absolutely go back and listen to it. But earlier this week, I received a text message when I landed in Florida. I was going to visit my father for his 75th birthday. Um, I got a text message when I landed that all of the team and the staff at my first company was laid off and let go on Monday. And well, there hasn't been any indication as to what's going to happen with the brand, you know, it doesn't, it's not looking really good, to be very honest. Now, I haven't been there for, um, you know, over a year and a half. It's been about a year and a half since I left. And so, you know, this was something that I always knew could happen. And this is something that was just far out of my control. And in yesterday's episode, I really told the story about how you found a company, but not like how you found a company and start a company step by step. 
it really was more of the emotional part of founding a company. And then I talked about how you get to a place where you want to either find outside investors or where you want to sell your business or where you maybe want to raise money. You know, all of those things I kind of talked about. All right, so this is how you know that that's what you want to do. And then I talked about the process of actually selling it and what happened in the time after. And then I talked about knowing when it was time to leave. And so you can go back and listen to that that episode and you can hear the full story. But throughout the episode, I interspersed a bunch of lessons. And these lessons are very important. And they're by no means cliche, you know, they're, but they're very important when it comes to not only you wanting to maybe sell your business, but they're very important if you have your own business. And a lot of them are applicable to any business owner, whether you own a business with a huge team or whether you're a solopreneur. There are just a lot of concepts that I share that I'm going to recap and expand on in a moment here that I think founders need to kind of sit down and take a good hard look at and really think about because there are a lot of lessons that I learned when I went through the process of selling my company. And some of these are specific to sale, of course, but some of them are not. And um, I want these to be in a place where you can find 15 tips for your company if you want to sell it. And that's why I'm doing this bonus episode today. So you don't have to listen to the whole story and the whole episode. You can really just tune in here and listen to the tips. So um, I'm going to start from the beginning and I'm going to expand on them a little bit. And then as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to DM me at Lindsay Pinchuk or you can always shoot me an email, lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com. So my tip number one was to be transparent and truthful about your experiences. And, you know, I, I, I'm very honest and truthful. I share a lot of things that other founders don't share on social media and my emails on my website, et cetera, and classes, stories that I share. Um, you know, I don't just share the good, but I'm really fucking sick of everyone just sharing the good stuff and the things that they're proud of and um, their accomplishments. Because you know what? For every one accomplishment that we all have, there have been 10 hurdles to jump over to get there, if not more. And it is so important that we start talking about the process to get there and not just achieving the gold medal. And, you know, I just think it's really important to show up in your truth and to share your experiences And like I said, I I do this often through little stories and tidbits of information. And really and truly, a lot of what I shared yesterday shouldn't have been a secret because I share bits and pieces of it. It was really just kind of the first time I've shared it all together. Um, But be transparent and truthful with your experiences. And that is really, it speaks for itself. I don't know that it needs an explanation. But I just think in a world where you know, everything is on social media and we're all scrolling and we're worried and consumed with, you know, so-and-so is so much further ahead of me or I'm so behind or whatever it is, however your mindset works and however it is that you, that you see things, you know, it's not always the truth. And I think when you show up and share both the good and the bad, it gets you so much far with your community in the long run. 
and and it's not just your community it's your community and your network and I think people trust you more as well so number two is one that I shared twice yesterday but I'm only going to share it once today and it's trust your gut so this goes across all facets of your business okay like I can't even tell you how many times I knew in my gut something was so wrong and I did it anyway. I, you know, I, I mean, really and truly. But I also, at the same time, can tell you so many times that I trusted my gut, I took the leap, and it was a slam dunk. And, you know, you have that intuition. If you have your own business and you have founded your own company, you know what works and you know what doesn't. And you could get all the advisement in the world from all of the so many outside advisors, whether it's finance or operations or HR or whatever it might be. And you should get all of the advice in the world. There's there's no reason why you shouldn't get all the advice that's available to you. But at the end of the day, you know what's best for your business, not someone else. And, you know, that was always something that I I really held closely when I was growing Bump Club and Beyond was that I knew what was best for me. And there were times throughout the time that I owned the company that I had other people working for me that tried to push me in certain directions and tried to push me to do certain things. And I just purely said no. And, you know, you know, you have to trust your gut and you will come out on top on the other side if you do. Number three when building your business, make sure that you show up to serve others. So this helps you to connect with others. When you show up and serve, like really serve. And when I say serve, I don't mean, you know, like bow down or bring a tray out or <laughs> I'm not talking about serving literally. I'm really talking about showing up for your community and giving them the best information possible for free. Serve them. Serve them with your knowledge, serve them with your information, serve them with your connection, serve them with your network, serve them. Because when you serve them, they will come back for more and more. And when it comes time to buy what it is that you eventually offer, they will transact. When you show up and you serve, you build a bridge to transaction. And that's something that I say all the time. I was explaining in my workshop this week that you know, you can't be afraid to show up on social media or to send an email that has, you know, information in it that people pay for from you, okay? Because if you show up on social media and you share something, you know, five tips to do X, Y, and Z or a recipe or something like that, you, you're giving them the information, but you're not giving them you. When people want you, they will buy your course, they will buy your class, they will buy your workshop, they will buy your services, they will buy your product, okay? If they just want the information, they can probably Google it. But when they're consuming from you and buying from you, they're buying you. They're buying your energy, they're buying your personality, they're buying your process, okay? They're buying everything about you and how you present that information to them to get the result that they need, so show up and serve. At Bump Club, this came across in so many different ways. We showed up on our blog. We shared a ton of information, a ton of resources. I was never shy to refer people. 
We did free webinars all the time. We did free classes at Bump Club and Beyond and free events. We had events in before the pandemic, leading up to the pandemic. I think we were in like 12 different cities where we were hosting two free events per month, community events, to grow our community and to grow our connection. Free events. Eventually, they were sponsored at Bump Club, but... When I first started Bump Club and for the first, I don't know, three to five years, we did events in Chicago, Austin, and Minneapolis, workout events, free workout events for moms and new moms with local fitness instructors once or twice a month for free. And it was just like show up and come. And that is what helped us to build our community. So show up and serve, okay? Additionally, not only does it build your connection online, but if you do show up and serve in person and online, but it helps to connect. And I will tell you, when you show up in person and you provide a free event or maybe it's a webinar, people connect with you. They connect with you and they will follow you and they will start to consume from you. Number four. And this is for any business owner, whether you're looking to sell eventually or not, or whether you're looking to fundraise or not, even if you're just happy doing what you're doing. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing, okay? Number four, it's okay if you don't know what you're doing. I will tell you right now, out of the 150 plus people I've interviewed for this podcast, some of them being the biggest founders in the world, I would say over 75% of them didn't know what they were doing and probably still don't. They have a lot of advisors, okay? As entrepreneurs, we fly by the seat of our pants a lot of times very often, and that's fine. But teach yourself or find someone who will. At the moment, I'm teaching myself a couple of different things. I have bought classes and courses, and I'm teaching myself how to get my course that I teach live, you know, once a quarter or twice a year, I want to put it online so that you guys can consume it. And so I'm taking a course as to how to do that effectively. Okay. I also took a course as to how to produce this podcast and how to get it up and running. And that course was one of the best investments that I ever made. It came back to me tenfold. So if you can't find it on Google, find someone who can help you. And when you can and when you are able to, you want to hire people for tasks that you can't do or that you don't want to do or that cost you too much in your time to do, okay? You want to be really strategic about who it is that you bring into the organization because that can make or break you as a human and you as a brand. I'm really lucky, and I talked about this yesterday, that with my hires at Bump Club for the most part, they made the brand. They made the brand. And if you go online today and you look at any of the posts that any of us made yesterday, you will see us showing our love for one another because we truly do. And, you know, but they made Bum Club what it was when I sold it. And I could not have done any of it without them. And I think a lot of people who are founders and entrepreneurs and who own businesses and you know, are in the same boat that I'm in now and that I was in with Bump Club years ago and that a lot of you are in, a lot of us 
think that we have to, you know, have a huge salary set aside to hire someone full time and you don't. And this is something that I say all the time as well. If you have a project or you need something done, find someone to do it on a consulting basis or on a freelance basis or on a contract basis. You don't need to hire someone full time. You know, take it step by step. Hire a virtual assistant. Hire for what you can hire for now to get tasks off your plate and to free up your time so that you can do the more important tasks like making more money. So I guess tip four was a little bit of a combined one, but it is, it's okay that you don't know what you're doing and ask for help. Absolutely. Ask the people around you, ask your network, find someone who can help you. But when you can, the tip is also try to find someone to actually help you so that they can take things off your plate that are bogging you down. Number five, put your team and your reputation first, even over yourself sometimes. So your reputation is key, okay? That is like your number one priority and you cannot ruin it. You cannot do something short-sighted for your business like a money grab. You know, there, there are so many, for example, there are so many influencers out there who will, will, take money from a brand that maybe they don't believe in because they're paying them a lot of money, but it ends up turning off a lot of their community and they get a lot of people unfollow them. There's one in particular that back in the day I unfollowed because I was like, this does not align with their content. And it is just really important that you protect your reputation because you can't get it back. If you burn that bridge of trust with your community, there's no rebuilding. So you need to protect that first and foremost, but you need to put your team first because your team is holding you up. Your team is allowing you to do what it is that you need to do. And as an entrepreneur, I'm sorry to say this, and some of you might not like hearing it, but your team gets paid first. Your team gets paid first because you get paid in the long run. And that is just part of it. So you need to adjust your adjust or readjust your expectations and you need to make sure that you are taking care of your team, paying them accordingly because you want to have good, loyal employees that will stay with you forever, forever. Because you don't want to have to retrain people, you don't want to have to rehire people, and you don't want to have to find new people, especially if the people you already have are good. So if they're good, treat them as such. Treat them like royalty. Let them know that you appreciate them by giving them the things that they need to do their job, by paying them according to standards or above standards, by giving them the benefits that they need. Have those conversations and ask them when you're hiring them, what is it that you need to live your life? And you need to put them first. And I talked about this in yesterday's podcast. There were Many a time that I didn't take a paycheck because I had to pay my team, and that is just par for the course as an entrepreneur. Number six, know when your time is up and be okay with it. And the be okay with it is something that I didn't talk about yesterday, but I knew that I could not be the head of Bump Club and Beyond forever. I knew I could not be demoing strollers and car seats forever. That was not my persona. That was not my area of expertise. And as a mom who had kids that were growing up and growing out of those products, it didn't make sense for me to keep pushing them. It just didn't. Um, Not pushing like pushing the stroller, like pushing like as in pushing them on my community. 
it made sense to have someone who was a young mom do that. That's, I mean, that's really what made sense. So know if you have an expiration date and know when your time is up, but you also have to get to a point where you're okay with it. And that was a big thing for me. Um, You know, I, I really and truly, it took me a long time to get to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. It took me about a year from the time I wanted to leave to the time I said I was going to leave. And then another six months until I actually did. There was absolutely a mourning process. There was absolutely, you know, a time of uncertainty. But in the end, you will know when you get to that point when you realize you need to put yourself first and your family first and that you become okay with what might happen if you're not there. And because of that, a lot of people this week have reached out asking if I am okay. Am I sad? Absolutely. The brand that I worked so hard to build up maybe going away. I don't know. No one knows really for certain what's going to happen to it. But the last person that was there taking care of it from our original team is no longer there and neither are any of the other employees. But I'm okay with it and I'm okay with it because I have moved past that. When I left Bump Club, I left Bump Club and I moved beyond not caring. I will always care about the brand and the community and the people, especially my employees that were there. But I moved past it. And that's what made for me this week a lot easier. And truthfully, the thing that I'm most upset and angry about this week is the fact that my longtime employee doesn't have a job anymore. And we are doing everything that we can to to help her get one. So know when your time is up and be okay with it. Be okay with whatever might happen if you let go. Tip number seven, don't be afraid to make a change. So you'll hear me talk about in the episode yesterday that I just like I knew I needed to change. I could not be running a bootstrapped operation anymore. And I was getting ready to go out and either raise money or put my company on the market. We, I had hired a fractional COO and we were working on a deck. But when that happened, when as we were doing that, I was approached by the three entities that approached me on LinkedIn to buy my company. So it actually worked out in my favor. But don't sit in something that isn't working for you. Don't sit in something that isn't working for the company. Because if you do, it's not going to work. And it is just really important that you know when you need to make the change and when you need to find another opportunity to help do so. Number eight, if you have a company who wants to buy you, do your due diligence into that company. And I'm not just talking the surface stuff. Don't just Google. Don't just talk to the people who are leading up your acquisition team. Really dig in. The number one thing I didn't do that I wish I did, this was the company who had bought me buys a lot of companies. And I wish that I would have talked to other founders who had been bought about the process. And I don't think I realized until I was acquired how their acquisition process worked. And it wasn't really explained to me. So, I, But a lot of it is on me and, and it was my fault. 
But I think the way I viewed the company was very differently than the way the company was set up. And I wish that I would have talked to people who were not legacy employees of the company, but were legacy employees of their brands that were acquired. So really dig in. Talk to people about their experiences doing business with with the company. And I don't mean ask for references. I mean literally go online and find people who are their customers. Ask your network. You know, you can do so discreetly, but really and truly dig and find anything about them. Find anyone who interacts with them. And trust me, their reputation will speak volumes about them. So it is something that you a thousand percent want to do. You want to know who you are getting into bed with if they are going to buy you. Because when they own you, you really and truly do not have any rights anymore. And you really don't have a say. And I don't care what anyone tells you leading up to the acquisition. It's the truth. Number nine, make sure that Anyone who is buying you is buying you for reasons which align with your notion to sell. So if you're selling because you want to have more capital, you want to have uh, more resources, make sure that they're buying you to give you more capital, to give you those resources, okay? If you want to work at this company forever, make sure that there are measures in place that allow you to do that. Put it in your contract. If you only want to work there for a year, two years, if you want an exit, work that into your contract. And if you really and truly care about your brand and you want to see it thrive, you want to make sure that the company who buys you is going to take care of their investment in your company and that they're not just buying you for an ulterior motive or perhaps an exterior relationship that you have. It is really important that you understand why they want you and that that aligns with why you want to sell with, sell your company to them. Number 10, if you sell, take care of your team through the sale. And I talked a little bit earlier about taking care of your team as a whole, but take care of your team through the sale. If you want them to come with you and you want them to be on your side, and trust me, you do, because you do not want to walk into a major corporation without your team behind you, you need to make sure that the company is taking care of them as much as they're taking care of you. So you want to make sure you push for proper salaries, vacation days. You want to make sure if you have things in place at your company, even if they are not the same at the new company, that there is some kind of moratorium basically where your rules, your vacation, your benefits, whatever it is, is extended maybe a year or two years or some period of time. Because a lot of times when a company buys you, your staff and your team, they're blindsided. Like I couldn't tell my team until a week before we were processing the paperwork for them to come over. So they had, they had to actually accept a job offer and then come over. So you don't want to have everything in their world rocked at once. So a great way to protect your team during a sale is to make sure that your rules and your benefits are going to be upheld for a certain period of time into the new company. And eventually you can move them over to whatever the new company's, you know, terms and policies are. But it should be something gradual, especially if you want your team to come with you. 
And I do want to say 100% of my team came with me. We had to lay off one person and it was more because of proximity. She was moving and she wanted to move across the country and it wasn't aligning with us and with the new company. And so that's what, that's what happened. But number 11, and this is a tip I talked about yesterday that Jill Smokler from Scary Mommy shared on Dear Found Her when she talked about the sale of Scary Mommy. And she said that if someone's pursuing you, if an entity is pursuing you for sale, take your time and don't let them push you into the sale or rush you in any way. And I went on to say that this was probably my biggest regret because I just wanted the sale to be done. And I did concede in certain areas. I don't know if I would have changed my mind. I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, it's, you can't go back into time. But that said, Jill is 100% right. And if someone is pursuing you, they want you for a reason and they're going to wait for you. So don't let them push you and don't let them make you uncomfortable until you are comfortable with the terms that are being set forth. Tip number 12, once your company is acquired, don't ever stop pushing or advocating for your brand and for your team within the new company. And this is really important. There were times with the, <laughs> there were times in the new company where, I, I mean, I'm sure I was wreaking havoc and um, they were ready to kill me probably. But I never stopped fighting for my team or what they needed until right before I left even. So, you know, it is so important that you maintain your leadership even within the new company and even within whatever your new role is. It's so important that you advocate for your brand and if things are changing or if things aren't going the way that you want them to, stand up for yourself, stand up for your company, stand up for your team. You might not get what you want, but you will forever kick yourself if you don't. I also want to say about this that you need to know that if a company buys you, they need you. You have the key to a lot of knowledge and not just knowledge about the company that they just bought, but the history, all the legacy information, the relationships with clients. You can't replace relationships. You just can't. I don't care what anyone tells you, you cannot replace relationships and you know, when we were bought, we had the best relationships in the baby space. And it was really important to me that the new company did not trample on those relationships. And I got in many arguments about that. So you need to know that the company who bought you needs you. And, you know, until they have every bit of information and every bit of history that's in your vault, you're going to need to stick around in order to help make them successful. Number 13, when it is that you decide to leave, try to do so on your own terms. And it might be hard because there might be stipulations in place. You might be let go. You might be fired. Who knows? I, you might be pushed out by a board. There are so many different situations. But you're smart and you can see the writing on the wall. And so when it's time, it's time. Don't drag your feet. And try to exit in a way that is graceful, that especially if you have a consumer-facing product, that you let the community know you care about them and that this is why you're leaving for personal reasons or whatever it might be. And 
you know, that you have the upper hand, hopefully, in that exit strategy. And you can say, this is what I would like in order to exit. And you can hear me talk a little bit more about this on yesterday's episode, but there was a lot of no- negotiation with my with my exit. There was negotiation for two months, maybe even more. And, you know, it came down to honestly me saying, I don't want to work here anymore. I'm leaving. And the only reason I'm here is because of my community and my team. So this is my offer to you to keep me on for the next X amount of days or X amount of weeks to give you the information that you need to move forward with the business. And really and truly, that's how that's how it happened. Um, I can't go into more detail than that, but, um, you know, I, I, I said, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, you know, they made the decision that they needed me and um, you want to make yourself needed. Number 14, don't have imposter syndrome. We all do. I do. Bobby Brown talked about having imposter syndrome on the podcast. For God's sake, Bobby Brown. If you get to the point where you have sold your business or you're about to sell your business or you've closed a round of funding, you've accomplished something huge. And don't let anyone or anything diminish that. Do not let someone put your light out. And I will tell you, I had naysayers. I had people tell me things to make me think that I was not doing right, that I was failing, that um, I would not be able to find a job elsewhere, that, um, you know, this was the best opportunity for me. And, you know, like, no, this goes back to trusting your gut. And that's essentially what ended up happening and why I ended up leaving because I trusted my gut and I knew that if I left, I would be able to have my flexible time back and I would be able to make more money than I was being paid by a corporate entity, amongst other things. But do not let anyone tell you or convince you that you haven't accomplished anything if you sell your business. It is a huge, huge feat and it is something that took me a very long time to get to that place where I realized what a big deal it was. Which leads me to my last tip, number 15. And this goes for whether you have sold a company, whether you've fundraised, whether you've found investors, or whether you are just surviving every single day as a female founder. Number 15 is to be proud of yourself and have no regrets. And that is really important. When you made the decision to become a female founder, that was a very big accomplishment. You have your own business. You set your own terms. It's yours. You don't report to anyone. You make the decisions. That is a very big deal. And that is something to be damn proud of. And you want to go into this or move forward with this, whatever, whatever stage you're at, with zero regrets. And that is really important. The biggest question that people ask me, especially when I'm interviewed now on podcast, is do you have regrets about selling your business because it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to? And I don't. I have no regrets. It was the right time. Had I waited 
We would not have sold. We would have gone out of business during the pandemic, like every one of my competitors. And instead, I had a job. I was getting paid a salary. I was still doing something that I loved, even though not every part of my job I loved, but I was still serving a community I loved. And that made me really happy. But you don't ever want to have regrets. And um, and I don't. I really and truly don't. And, um, you know, this was a decision that I made. This was a decision that that worked for me. It worked for where I wanted the company to go. And sure, I hoped that we had a different outcome than what happened this week. But again, everything happens for a reason. And every experience happens for a reason. And I truly believe that my experience of building, growing, scaling, and selling Bump Club and Beyond is the reason The reason for that was to put me here because I am doing exactly what I want to do every single morning when I wake up and I serve you through this podcast, through my social media, through the workshops that I teach, through the speeches that I give, through the one-on-one coaching, through the consulting that I do with many of my bigger clients. I love what I'm doing right now. I love problem solving for you. I love coming up with content strategy for you. I love doing your social media. I love setting you up on social media. And most of all, I love when I watch you succeed. And so what I did with Bump Club gave me the plan. It gave me the process. It gave me the proven strategies, the history, and the knowledge to be able to do that for you each and every single day. So maybe the outcome wasn't exactly what I wanted, and especially after this week, but I do know that I am on a path to hopefully creating something just as big, if not bigger, once again. I want to thank you all for listening this week. We had three episodes Thanks for listening to my episode yesterday. It really meant so much to me. And if yesterday's episode or today's episode resonated with you, you have no idea how much it would mean to me if you shared it. Um, You know, this is a story that I want to share. This is a story I want to get out. This is, it's not just a story. It's a change in the way we talk about business. It's a change in the way we perceive ourselves. And I want to be having honest conversations and You can't have honest conversations if not everyone's talking honestly. So thank you so much for listening. And I really look forward to your feedback. We have two amazing episodes coming your way next week. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Have a great weekend. And please stay tuned to Dear Found Her every Tuesday and Thursday for a brand new episode.